Good morning. Glad you're here. I see it's getting colder out there, starting to snow a little bit. The good news is that this is the last weekend of January. Yay? Bad news is it's going to be February. <laughs> it's good that you guys are here. I'm glad you could come out. And if you open up your Bibles, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 4. A lot of people have been asking about, are we um, recording this? We are recording this all eight weeks because not everybody can make it all eight weeks. And when we get done at the end of February, we'll put it online. And it will put it up as a unit for people to be able to watch in the future for any that you miss. um, Because I know a number of people are gone this weekend or not feeling well. And not everybody can be here the whole eight weeks. But we'll have that all up and ready to go when we conclude. So uh, what we'll do is we're going to do faithfulness and ministry today. And then when we head into February, four weeks left, we'll we'll do endurance and ministry. Then we're going to do humility and ministry. And then joy and ministry, because the Lord wants us to do our ministry uh, with joy. And Paul talks a lot about that. And then the very last thing, which could be the most important is loving others in ministry. So that's where we're finished. And then one of the desires is that uh, then we want to make a book out of this eight-week series on ministry. And uh, so that's what our prayers is, uh, is that we'll be able to do that. And that's where we're headed for uh, as we head into February. So it's just blessed to be able to do this. I hope it's been a great encouragement to you and uh, helpful to you and be helpful to others when we get this recorded and put it up that, that are coming because uh, we're seeing a lot of new people come here to Calvary Chapel. And I think last week was more new people than ever before. And sometimes I look at the congregation and I think, I don't know half the people here uh, because they are brand new, but they are hungry and they're looking to be fed. They're looking to uh, be blessed in that way. And we want to encourage people in ministry and what God's called you to do Number one, um, because I think that uh, sometimes that when we think about ministry, it's just overwhelming. You know, where do I minister? How do I minister? Um, How, you know, the principles of ministry that all come from the word of God. So I pray that this is very helpful to you. But second of all, just in the days in which we're in, I really believe that the Lord's coming is nigh. I really believe that we're going to continue to see the perilous times uh, that are going to um, increase as we get closer to the return of the Lord. And I know it will all culminate uh, to where uh, eventually that uh, the last seven years, all those things, that the signs, the birth pangs are going to be fulfilled. But right now there's a lot of upheaval and there's a lot of labor pain that's going on and you think about how things have changed so quickly just think about the last five years in our culture and gotten away from the Lord our nation but yet people um, still need to be ministered to and served and I, I pray that that as you you know desire to serve the Lord that all of us will remember that we are here for such a time as this 
in these days that we are in. And they're very unique times. I believe they are. More unique than ever before. Because we could be the generation that sees the return of the Lord. We don't know the day or the hour, but it's all pointing to um, that his coming is very, very near. And I want to be used of the Lord. I want to not just live for myself. I don't want to quit. I, I want to be faithful in the things that we're talking about today to the Lord and, and serving him because people need to see light. And one of the things to always remember that we're the light of the world. And light doesn't talk. Okay? But light is seen. And I've had more people give the testimony of that I watched you. I watched your life. There's something different about you. Of course, we, we speak the gospel. We do that. But a lot of people will watch, particularly when you say, I'm a Christian. And light is, is something that is evident in our hearts, the reality of Jesus Christ. And hopefully they see the light of Jesus in us and coming from us that you have something that I want. I've had more people give the testimony of, I came to Christ because of this Christian that was kind to me, that served me, that ministered to me, that gave me truth, took the time to go the extra mile, to take the time to serve in practical ways that really showed that they cared. That's the light of Jesus Christ that is coming uh, into their hearts, being evident from us. So I pray that we would every day just be open to the leading of the Lord. Because serving the Lord uh, is more than just a ministry. It's, it's that we do. Okay, I, I do children's ministry. I serve in a coffee shop. It is that and important. But it's every day in every area of our lives. Serving our spouses, serving our kids, serving others uh, that we have opportunity to, looking to do that. And today we'll talk about faithfulness in that, being faithful to the Lord, I think is a very important subject. So as I said, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, uh, let me read the first two verses and then verse 17. Paul writing to this church, and um, he writes to them in chapter 4, after he talks about they were going through you know, division and being carnal, he, he says, Let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required as stewards that one be found faithful. And then as you go to verse 17 of the chapter, that he writes, For this reason I've sent Timothy to you, who is my beloved and faithful son in the Lord, who will remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach everywhere in every church. So, Father, we come this morning desiring to just be reminded that what you've called us to, that we're to be found to be faithful. And, Lord, what does that mean? And how is it that we can be faithful to you in the ministry that you've given to us? Uh, when it comes to our family, when it comes to others that are linked to us in our lives, when it comes to the ministry in the body of Christ, we want to be found to be faithful. And Lord, I pray that you touch our hearts and bless our hearts today uh, as we talk about these things and look at your word. And it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. 
So what my desire is is that all these these teachings kind of flow together. First of all, that we're called to ministry. That was week one. And then week number two, the preparation that the Lord does in ministry, preparing us for the calling that we have um, in life that he gives to us. And always keep in mind that we were created for his good pleasures, that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he ordained beforehand. He has something for all of us to do, a ministry for us to do. And then the calling of God, the preparation, and then being led by the Spirit of God. So all these things are really, really important for us to understand and know what God's Word says as we desire to minister uh, in the body of Christ, to minister to others wherever the Lord has placed us, and to be led by the Spirit of God. And it's so free. And last week, uh, as I went home after we had our session, I was thinking, oh, I wish I could have said this. I wish I would have said that. Uh, because there's so much more to, you know, to be learned and so much to gain from being spirit-led. And it's so freeing. If there's one thing that I, I hope that you understand, it is so freeing when you know that God has called you to a certain thing and then you can flow in that ministry, and you can continue on. You don't have to strive. You don't have to strain. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to, you know, try to, um, you know, figure it out. It's just resting in what he has you to do and being empowered by that and trusting him and then flowing in that. We're always growing in our ministries. We're always growing in the things of the Lord and in our walk with him. But just to be spirit-led is such a freeing thing because there's a lot of, of pressure that can be put on us. And there's a lot of images that we can see. We see the worship leader out there in front of thousands of people, you know, worshiping the Lord. And we say, I wish I could do that. But maybe he hasn't called you to do that. And the ministry that he's called you to do is just as important as anybody else. Or I can have a tendency, and I would struggle with this. Lord, you know, I wish I had that big auditorium or all these people or whatever the case may be. And he's like, no, Jeff, I've called you the pastor of Calvary Chapel Greeley. That's what I've called you to do. So you're going to be led by me. You're going to trust me. And as I just move forward in that, also just desiring to be faithful to him. And that's what the Lord desires for us to, to be, is faithful servants for him. And notice as we read here that we are stewards of the mystery of God, and a steward is a servant who man manages everything for his master. He doesn't own the master's goods, but he is to be one that invests in the things of the master. He knows where to get the goods. Uh, he is one that is responsible for the oracles of God to be able to just look to the things of God and the word of God, to be able to, to use those things to minister to others. And the responsibility of the steward to the master is, number one, to be faithful, okay? If you can remember that, if I can remember that, that is so important. He didn't say to be successful, because ministry can be measured by man's ways of you, if you have, um, you know, this, this, this huge ministry that's seen and you got lots of social media and people notice you and you can be successful in the world's eyes. That's how a lot of people measure 
ministry by how successful or how somebody's seen. The Lord comes along and says, you just be faithful. You be faithful to what God has called you to do. And what he has called you to do, there's don't despise the day of small things, as we spoke about last week. It's not small to the Lord. It is important to him. And the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. In other words, what he's called you to do, only you can do. He's called you to do it. He's placed you there. So move forward in it, and it's important to the Lord. So we know that we're to be found to be faithful, not successful, not popular, not any of those things. Be faithful to, to him and where he has placed you. And as he's called you to do those things and place you to do it, you know, there's a lot of talk about, um, you know, in ministry today and books and all of this and how you can be bigger, grander and all of this. If God wants to grow your ministry, he'll grow it. Okay? But be faithful, number one. Be faithful to the ministry that God has called you to do. There, there are years, and I know some of you that are here, you've, you've traveled with us, co-labored with us in ministry for years and years and years. And there was years where we weren't really growing. We were kind of um, leveling off. We had 100 people, then 150 people for a long time, 200 people. Uh, we were kind of steady. Uh, it, it wasn't you know exploding or any of these things. And there were times where I felt like, is anything happening, Lord? And, and the frustration. And, and maybe I should go do something else. Or just the pressure of, uh, we should be growing more. We should be doing more. We should be doing these things. And the Lord has always come back and reminded me, no, I want you to be faithful to what I've called you to do. You know, I, I haven't changed that. Stay the course. Keep moving forward. I'll be responsible for the results. Okay? Always remember that. You be faithful to what he's called you to do. He'll be responsible for the results of it and what he wants to do. Faithfulness in ministry includes, I got five things that I want to give to you. And um, number one is you be faithful to God first. That's always the key. Be faithful to God first. We talk about being faithful to ministry, but it's a ministry that God has given to you. You be faithful to God first in the word and in prayer. We get to serve the creator of the universe. Isn't that amazing? And that amazes me that God would want to use me. He desires to use us. I would think if I was God, and of course I'm not, and... Um, I would use angels to do everything, right? Or whatever it might be. I'd just do it myself. I'm God. I'm all powerful. But he chooses you and me to do the work of the ministry for the furtherance of the kingdom of God. And we need to be faithful to him. A heart that wants to please God. Not please men. Remember in the book of Galatians? In chapter 1, that Paul writes, if I was one that pleased men over pleasing God, then I can't be a servant, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. So the priority is always you please God in your ministry. 
not pleasing others. And there will be those who will come along and put pressure on you and say, I want this, and these are this is my agenda and the things that you should be doing. I remember getting that, and I just wanted to teach the Bible. And somebody's saying, you, you need to do this, and you need to do that, and, and putting the pressure. And if you were really a church, and all these things. But you be faithful to God. Be faithful to the calling that he has given to you. Have a heart that wants to be used of the Lord. Give yourself over to the word of God. And as we've moved forward in in the many years of ministry here, there's always the guidance and the direction of the word of God and how we minister to others. And we see it all throughout the scriptures. It's one of the reasons why I, I just don't understand. And again, just sharing with you my heart that churches have put up Hollywood videos and clips of it, and then they give illustrations of it. Why should we put up clips of the world up and then make you know application to it and try to from the Bible when we got so many illustrations here in the scriptures that are given to us and how the minister all from you know Genesis to Revelation. And the principles of ministry and what pleases God, what doesn't please God. So we're, first of all, faithful to him, to the word, to prayer. Be faithful to to prayer. I'm always going to, I'm going to remind you of that constantly. Be a man or woman of the word. Be a man or woman of prayer. Be seeking the Lord, seeking him, because it's through prayer that you're going to get that guidance being open to the leading of the Lord, that he's going to speak to your heart in that still small voice. You're going to be reading the scriptures, and you're reading about you know, somebody in the scriptures, and you're going, yes, Lord, that really speaks to me, and, and that helps me as I serve others. So being faithful to God, first of all. And I think of those in the Bible that were faithful. I think about Moses. Moses, 40 years, he had the biggest church in the world, in the history of the world. Over 2 million people out in the wilderness didn't even have a church building for 40 years of people that weren't really nice to him. And yet Moses was faithful to the calling of God. And I think about Moses when he first, you know, went and was standing before the Lord in that burning bush. And the Lord said, Moses, I've chosen you to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. Moses going, who, me? And he came up with every excuse why he couldn't go. I can't go. I stutter. I stammer. Uh, The people aren't going to believe me. They're not going to receive me. At that time, Moses was called the most humble man in the face of the earth. And we'll talk about that when we get into humility in ministry. God used him mightily because he was humble before the Lord. But he was faithful to the Lord. He was faithful to the calling that God had given to him. And I think about when Aaron there, he got the people, you know, all worked up. And he's, they're going, where's that man of Moses when he was up on the mountain? Where he's, has he gone? And Aaron says, well, give me all your jewelry. We're going to make a golden calf and dance around it and commit all kinds of sin. And this will be our God that led us out of Egypt. And when the Lord said to Moses up there on that mountain, Moses, you better get down uh, because your people sinned a great sin. And Moses is going, uh, they're not my people, they're your people, first of all. They're your people, Lord. And Moses, stand back because I'm going to consume them. And really, in the honesty of my heart, you can tell where your heart is with people. When Moses said, don't do it, Lord. 
What will the other nations say? That you brought your people out here in the wilderness just to consume them? What about the promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? The Lord said, Moses, stand back because I'll make you the father of a great nation. And Moses could have said, okay, go ahead. Father Moses sounds really good right now. And they've been complaining and murmuring. We've been out here. We're just getting started. But he didn't. He had a heart for the people. And he was faithful to the ministry. And I think about all the things that Moses went through and the difficulties and packing up the tent and having to make another lap around Mount Sinai. But yet he was faithful to the ministry that God had given to him. I think about Nehemiah. Nehemiah, the cupbearer, he was faithful to make sure that the wall got built around Jerusalem. And he would face the enemy. He would face the people, again, overwhelmed. Uh, We're overwhelmed. There's too much rubble here. We can't do this work. And it was Nehemiah that would stand up and say, listen, God is great and awesome. He's called us to do this work. And so continue to do the work. And they would build that wall in 52 days. But that wasn't the end of it as you continue through the book of Nehemiah. That he continued to be dedicated to the Lord and faithful to the ministry that God had given to him. I think about Daniel. Can you imagine how hard it was for Daniel to work for Nebuchadnezzar? Some of you probably got some pretty tough bosses, supervisors. But do you have a boss that wants to chop you up into little pieces? Or make your house a dunghill or throw you in a burning, fiery furnace. Daniel was faithful to the Lord first. Same with his friends, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And they would stand for truth. And they would, you know, have that light that would be shined to Nebuchadnezzar. But it was difficult for Daniel. It had to be. And I imagine that there were times where Daniel was like, I don't want to stand before Nebuchadnezzar today. <laughs> And wanted to check out and just say, I'm done with this and run away. But Daniel was faithful. And I really believe that Daniel prayed for Nebuchadnezzar. He could have taken advantage of Nebuchadnezzar when he went insane. When he's out in the field, clawing, you know, in the ground and, and all of that and eating the grass. He, he could have just put them out with the rest of the cows and said, forget about you. I'm taking over the kingdom. But he was faithful to God and what God had called him to do. And he was determined not to defile himself. So as we talk about faithfulness, number one, faithfulness to God first. Faithfulness as we just continue to grow in the word and in prayer. Number two, faithfulness includes humility of mind. A steward knew where the master's good was. He was a servant to the master. And he wasn't there to get attention. He wasn't there to get noticed. He didn't argue with the master. He didn't say, well, I understand you want me to do this or, or to go and get these goods. And, but I think it'd be better if we did it this way or we did it my way. He didn't have agendas. He served quietly behind the scenes very humbly. If we are serving to get noticed, and there are some that will do that. I want to get noticed. I want to be up in front of people, or I have an agenda, or I can do a better attitude. You're not going to be faithful. You're not going to be faithful. 
That steward was there to just quietly serve the Lord, to do what the master wanted him to do. And unfortunately, there can be a trap today, and I don't know the hearts of people, that really want to get noticed. And that's all part of the social media and all of this, and it can be a real trap for any of us. One of the things that the Lord has always told me, don't, you know, read your own press clippings. <laughs> and there are those who will say, you know, I really enjoyed the teaching, or Pastor Jeff, whatever, you're such a, you know, you're a good pastor. I appreciate the encouragement. Don't misunderstand me. But I don't want it to puff me up. I don't want it to where, well, I'm such a wonderful guy. Because if you start to become prideful, any of us, and pride can sneak in very, very easily, it will destroy our ministries. Pride's such a terrible sin. I mean, look, it caused you know, Lucifer to fall and become Satan because he became prideful. And there's a real subtle thing of wanting to be noticed, wanting to be in the limelight. I have an agenda. Uh, I can do it better kind of attitude. Then the jealousies can come in, the envies and all of this. Why don't I have their ministry? Why don't you do it my way rather than just having a humble mind and a humble spirit and just being faithful to what God's called you to do? And we'll talk more about humility as we uh, get into that section of being humble in ministry because it is so important for us. Uh, a, a verse that I always go back to, uh, and uh, Paul was writing to the church at Thessalonica. He said, learn to aspire to lead a quiet life, work with your hands, and mind your own business. And we like to be in everybody's business all the time, and you know, might makes right, and I'm right, and I'm better, and I'm more talented, and all of these things, and just includes humility of mind. You know uh, that the master wants to use you. Just be ready to be used at that time in, in humility. One thing that the Lord will not do, he will not share his glory with any man or any woman. He just will not do it. And there have been times where the Lord has humbled me. I told the story of, I remember once, uh, after a couple years of being here, went to Colorado Springs to teach, and... Um, Something happened. There was a disturbance in the in the in the service, and and um, a guy, you know, came up and really shook me up, and 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 all of this. But when I went up to teach, I was thinking, I'm really going to show him how smart I am and how I've grown in the word. I wasn't expressing that to anybody, but I'm going to do that. And 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 the Lord on the way home said, Don't you ever do that again. Don't you ever go up in your own confidence and in your own, you know, abilities and all of this thinking that you're really something. And one of the things I always try to remember is every time I get behind this pulpit to be praying about it, be thankful that I have opportunity to do it. Every time that you have opportunity to serve somebody or in the ministry, to be thankful for that. And Lord, that you would use somebody like me. And I want to do for your glory, not for my glory, for my, you know, popularity or to be esteemed by others. 
but Lord, to simply serve others in humility of mind. We're going to talk about that again more specifically when we get done with Galatians, two more weeks of Galatians, and then we're going to go into Philippians. And Paul talks a lot about having uh, humbleness of mind and esteeming others better than yourselves. Number three, faithfulness will include suffering or difficulties. It will come. It will come to you. Joseph was in Potiphar's house. And Joseph was faithful. He was a faithful steward to Potiphar's goods. And then all of a sudden he was accused wrongly, of course, when um, Potiphar's wife made advances towards him. He said, how can I do this evil before my God? And he fled. And he was thrown in prison for a number of years because of it. Nehemiah, he went through difficulties. When they were trying to build the wall around Jerusalem, there's Sambalot and, and Tobiah, those guys you read about, coming against Nehemiah and, and saying, Nehemiah, get off the wall. We need to talk about these things. Nehemiah said, no, I'm not going to get off the wall. I'm going to be faithful to God to continue to just do what he's called me to do. I'm going to stay focused on the ministry that God has called me to do. There will be those who will come along and really just kind of distract you and come against you and even accuse you wrongly at times of things. I've gone through it. They really derail you. But we're to continue to be faithful to the Lord. Daniel, we've already talked about him, the difficulties that he went through. Hey, let's make a decree that if you pray to, you know, Anyone other than the king, then you're going to be thrown in a den of lions. But he was faithful to God in that. I think about Paul the Apostle. We're, we're finishing the book of Galatians. Those churches that he established on his first missionary journey. And when you read about that in the book of, of Acts, chapter 14 particularly, when he's establishing those churches, and then when he's in Lystra, he gets stoned and left for dead. They dragged him out of the city, it says. They, they threw him in the garbage heap is what they did. Left him for dead. And what does Paul do? He gets up and he goes right back into the city. And then he goes back the next year to check up on the churches there. Now that's faithfulness. And I really, honesty, in the honesty of my heart, I think about if that was me, I would have been on the first bus out of town. Stone and left for dead? I've never gone through that. I've had people that like to hurl insults and things like that at me. But what he went through, and at the end of the book of Galatians, we're going to see next week, he says, I bear the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ. I think he's speaking about the time being stoned and left for dead is going to leave a lot of marks on you. But that wasn't it. He was beaten and thrown in jail in the second missionary journey. He was run out of Thessalonica. He was mocked at Athens. He went through the difficulties of Corinth, but yet he was faithful to the ministry that God had given to him. And he continued to keep his eyes on the Lord. And he said that it's the love of Christ that constrains us, that motivates us, his love for the Lord, and desiring to see people come to the gospel. He was always just very humbled and very amazed that God would use somebody like me, an insolent man, a violent man who persecuted the church. I was a blasphemer. And yet God has called me to the ministry to give this gospel of grace. 
Timothy. Timothy was from Lystra. Timothy was called to, to go with Paul on that second missionary journey. It's believed that Timothy was only a teenager at that time. But it very well could have been that Timothy saw Paul get stoned and left for dead when he was a teenager. And you imagine how he saw that. At the end of Paul's life, some of the last words of Paul that he writes in 2 Timothy's, he says, Timothy, you know my manner of life. You know my persecutions. You know how I was persecuted. And all those who live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. A lot of times they hear Bible teachings about Timothy, how he was timid and kind of weakly and kind of sickly, those descriptions. I think Timothy was tough as nails. Anybody who would be faithful, and, and Paul here in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4 calls him a faithful son. He, he's a son of the faith. He's faithful. He was faithful to minister with Paul on those missionary journeys. You don't do that unless... You know, you got courage. Being faithful to the Lord. I think Timothy is a lot more tougher than what, and it wasn't that he grit his teeth and was John Wayne kind of tough. That's not what we're talking about. But he was one that was faithful to God. He was faithful in the ministry. Church tradition tells us, or sources of church history tells us, that Timothy was killed in Ephesus. That he was killed trying to stop a, a pagan parade. So Timothy was no wimp is what I'm trying to say. And Timothy, he knew the persecutions that Paul went through. He went through them himself. But yet he was faithful. Listen, any of us that are ministering, it's going to be just a matter of time before, first of all, the enemy comes against you and accuses you and tries to discourage you and he attacks you. I have people all the time come and say, Pastor Jeff, I just feel like uh, I'm being attacked by the enemy. And it usually happens when you start serving the Lord. You're going in your faith. You're praying more. Of course the enemy is going to attack you. He doesn't want you to be effective in ministry. He wants you out of the game. He wants to discourage you. He's going to accuse you. So the, the spiritual warfare does increase when we're really desiring to please the Lord with our lives and serve him, there will be the enemy that will throw the fiery darts at you. But it's very important that you put on the whole armor of God. Paul says we have this spiritual warfare. We don't battle against flesh and blood, and and flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and spiritual you know, wickedness of hosts in high places. The, the enemy is going to come against you, put on the whole armor of God, Every day as you're desiring to please the Lord and serve the Lord, listen, it's really important that you put on the whole armor of God because if you're out there doing battle and you can go through those pieces in Ephesians chapter 6, that's probably you know, a little bit of homework for you to do. You know, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of faith, the, you know, the, the sword which is the word of God, all those pieces of armor we need to have because the enemy doesn't fight fair. And you can't go through the day saying, oh, sorry, Satan, you know, as you're coming against me, but I forgot my helmet of salvation, you know, back home this morning. He's looking to rip your head off. And he will. He will come at you. He doesn't say, well, you know, Jeff, i kind of been hard on you the last couple months. I think I'll give you a little break for the next month. 
It's every day. If he has opportunity to come against you, he will do that. Put on the whole armor of God. That you submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. But there will be spiritual battle that will go, you know, that will be a part of you serving the Lord as you go forth and as you minister. The enemy coming against you. The world's going to come against you. One of the things particularly I tell young people, listen, the world is not going to applaud you for being a Christian. And sometimes some ministries kind of give this kind of this thing, if you're a Christian, that's, you know, you're cool and, you know, be cool when you're a Christian. No, the world's going to say, we don't like you. We aren't going to applaud you being a Christian. We're going to come against you. What is really hard, I think, at times is when you're in ministries, when you have other Christians come against you. That's what's really hard. When it ought not to be. That they'll come against you for whatever reason it might be. And we know that as we go through life and as we serve the Lord, it will include difficulties and sufferings. There have been seasons where I thought, Lord, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm, I'm done. Because of just the heaviness of heart or the attacks that come or whatever the case may be. And you will go through that. And the Lord says, no. I want you to move forward. I'll take care of things. Be faithful. There have been times where I'm looking for that big rock to crawl under. And it's been, you know, 30 years of ministry. I've had enough. I don't want to go through this trial. I'm tired of the attacks. Get tired of the emails. Get tired of, you know, one of the things have been, for example, um, doing Calvary Live. I've done it for eight years now. And when you get... You know, the, the responses at times and things like that. It's like, you know, I really don't need to do this. But the Lord is saying, I haven't called you to quit. I want you to move forward. I want you to trust in me. Keep teaching the word, loving the people. So you will go through the sufferings and the difficulties that will make you just want to stop serving him. Don't get off the wall. Okay? The people said, the rubble's too, too much, Nehemiah, and the enemies are coming against us. This is too hard. And Nehemiah said, no, 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 no. God is great and awesome. And fight for your, your you know, family, your children, your wives. You, you guys, you need to, to fight the good fight of the Spirit. Because God is great and awesome. And it is a battle that is out there. And the enemy and the world isn't going to want you to continue. And there may be others that may not want you to continue. But you keep your eyes on the Lord. And then number, number four. Faithfulness. Listen, I hope I articulate this well enough. Because I, I am not saying this to make anybody feel guilty or put pressure on you. But faithfulness means taking the calling of God serious. We, I hear people say, I'm a faithful Bronco fan. <laughs> They'll go to the Bronco game if it's 20 below zero or whatever it might be. And that's fine. I, 
you want to be a faithful Bronco fan? I don't know why, but you know. <laughs> but you know what I mean. You know, I'm faithful to this thing. I'm faithful to that thing. I'm faithful to this team. I'm faithful to this cause. How much more should we as Christians be faithful to the Lord and the calling of God in our lives? Nehemiah didn't let the Tobias and Sambalot influence him. Didn't allow them to, to, for him to stop. We need to talk. We need to go to the plane of, oh, no, and talk about this Nehemiah. And Nehemiah said, oh, no, not going to get off the wall. Not going to do that. I got a work that the Lord has called me to do, and we're going to continue to do it. He took the calling of God very serious. And we see that with the men and women of God in the scriptures, that they were ones that they took the calling that God gave to them very, very serious. So in other words, if you're called to work in the nursery, don't just say, well, I'll kind of show up when I want to. Or it's not important that I'm on time if I'm a greeter. Or, you know, it's not important that I come in and, and... shovel snow or mow the lawn or clean the church or I told him I fixed this thing and I'll get to it whenever I feel like it but I just don't feel like it today if I'm greeting somebody else will do it I don't need to be on time I'll get there two minutes before service starts we don't want to have that mindset we want to give the Lord the very best don't we he shouldn't get the leftovers that's a whole lesson in first fruits. The children of Israel were to give the Lord the first fruits of their harvest and, and give the Lord the best of their sacrifice. And the Lord would come along, you see it in Malachi and other books, that you guys are giving me the leftovers. You, he doesn't want our leftovers. He wants us to give the very best, and we should, for the creator of the universe. To give him our best. And I know that seasons change and and priorities can change in our lives. I understand that. But for the moment, what God has called you to do, be faithful and take it serious. That's one of the things I was very thankful to my staff when we had staff meetings. You guys are faithful to your ministry, and it means so much to me. And it means a lot to the people that are here. Can you imagine if the teachers, when you're checking in, your kids said, we said, well, they didn't really show up. They didn't think it was important to be here. Or whatever the case may be. I look at so many, even some that are here, you've been so faithful to what God has called you to do. And I'm very thankful for that. One of the things that the Lord taught me when, um, after I graduated from CSU, I was living in that uh, little cabin in Black Forest, and I was living in a little cottage, and I was renting it for $100 a month from an elderly couple that had the main house. And I would do chores for them. I would chop wood for them. I would, you know, uh, do certain things for them. They lived on 20 acres up there in the Black Forest. And he, the, 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 the man, Peggy and Ed, Ed ended up becoming sick. He was emphysema. He ended up in a nursing home. 
So Peggy would tell me, this is what I want you to do. This is what I need you to do. Even she had a little garden, water the garden if you can, get some firewood in if you can, you know, rake up these pine needles. You can get this broken branch, you know, trimmed off, and that's blocking the road. And when I first lived there, and that was part of the deal, $100 a month rent to live in this little cabin. And I remember, I'll I'll do that, but I'm going to take off with my friend and do some fishing first. You know, that's what we're going to do. Be gone for a couple of days. Well, one time she calls me up. She says, I need to talk to you. And she said, Jeff, I'm not mad at you, but I'm disappointed in you. I have a sick husband. He needs my attention. I need to see him every day. And when I ask you to do something, it's not getting done. You're not telling me when you are going to do it. So this is what I need you to do. I need you to really think about, are you going to do those things that I've asked you to do? Tell me when you're going to do it. And if you can't, get out. Just like that. And I remember walking from her house to my little cottage. I was so mad. Like, how can she talk to me that way? What do you mean? I'm not lazy. You know, I have a right to go do some things. And by the time I hit the front door, the Lord said, Jeff, you know, you're wrong. And he convicted me so bad. I didn't sleep that night. The next day I went up and said, Peggy, I am so sorry. You're so right. You are so right that I have been irresponsible. I've been lazy that I am going to do what you've asked me to do, and I will do it, and I will communicate. For the next seven years that I lived there, she was like a grandmother to me. And that's where the Lord was teaching me about faithfulness, not only about service, but just being faithful. When you give your word to do something, then do it. When you give your word to the Lord you're going to do something, then do it. And I know things may come into our lives where... You know, we're supposed to be somewhere and we get sick or something happens with the kids. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about that as you are called to whatever the Lord has for you, be faithful to it. Take it serious. And don't just, well, whatever. It's not important. It is important. It's important to the Lord. Somebody told me this. Please remember this. Your greatest ability is your availability. Your greatest ability is your availability, just being available to what the Lord has you to do. And then number five, and then we'll finish up, there's reward for faithfulness. And we know that the Lord, as he, in the parable of the mina, in the parable of the talents, he would say to those who invested the goods that the Lord has given to you, whether he's given you ten talents, five talents, two talents, We all have a mina. We all have the Gospels. That as they invested what God has given to you, that when the Master comes for us and we stand before him, that I pray for me and for all of us that we hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few things. I'll make you rule over many. Enter into the joy of your Lord. You're going to rule over 10 cities, over five cities. There's reward for being faithful to the Lord. 
They're eternal rewards. And there are those who will say, well, we shouldn't really desire to, you know, get rewards. That's just, if it wasn't important, then the Lord wouldn't have put that in. It, it, I want to hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. I want to, in my love for the Lord, be motivated to further the kingdom of God. But I look forward to rewards, what the Lord has for me. And I don't think it's being selfish, but knowing this, that um, I believe as Warren Worsby said, that heaven's not just a destination, it's a motivation. That we will stand at the beam of reward seat of Jesus Christ. And I know there will be a lot of burning up of the wood, hay, and stubble in my life. But the things that we did do for him will shine forth. And to look into the eyes of our Lord, who saved me, who called me, who empowered me, who, who did all the work, saying, great is your reward for giving a cup of water to a child, for the things that were unseen. Because you can go through ministry thinking, nobody notices, nobody thanks me, nobody, you know, passed me on the back. The Lord sees. The Lord sees. And to know this, that as Paul, at the end of this epistle, he would write, uh, to the Corinthians, and I think a lot of you that you know this verse. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, My beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So thank you, Lord, that we went over these few things of, of faithfulness and ministry, and we do want to be faithful to you first given over to the word, to prayer, to be led by you. Thank you that you desire to use us, the calling you've given to us. And Lord, even during the season of preparation, that we would just rest in what you're doing and trust you and knowing you will perfect that which concerns us. But Lord, we want to be faithful to you. To know that it's an awesome thing to serve the true and the living God. To be found faithful. Having a humility of mind. Just knowing that, Lord, whatever the master has called us to take care of the goods that have been entrusted to us. That we would serve quietly and humbly. That we would serve even in the difficulties and the sufferings that we can go through. And Lord, I pray that we would understand that the labor that we do is not in vain. That Lord is, has eternal value to you. So I thank you that we're here. I pray you bless our weekend. We look forward to tomorrow as we get to gather and serve the body of Christ. When we gather on Tuesday and on Wednesday, the body of Christ. On Thursdays, on Fridays, I think about this week, this morning. And Lord, we thank you that you desire to use us and the callings that you've given to us and the giftings that, that, that you have given and worked in us. Help us to be faithful. Bless everyone here now as we go our way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Next week we'll talk about um, endurance in ministry.
to endure, which is really, really important. I think it would be a great encouragement to you. If you need prayer, I'm here to pray with you for any prayer needs. Hope to see you tomorrow. I know it's going to be cold, but it'll be warm inside. So, All right, God bless you guys.